Hey there! Did you know Kroger always gives you savings and rewards on top of our lower-than-low prices? And when you download the Kroger app, you'll enjoy over $500 in savings every week with digital coupons. And don't forget fuel points to help you save up to $1 per gallon at the pump. Want to save even more? With a Boost membership, you'll get double fuel points and free delivery. So shop and save big at Kroger today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Cold open question of the day. Brendan Clean. The Charlotte Hornets are, if they aren't already, going to embark on a president of basketball operations job search with Mitch Kupchak moving into an advisory role. Obviously, they have new ownership and, and all of that as well. But I ask you this. Is that a good job for, for the names we've seen out there? Like, is that a, a president of basketball operations job that is attractive if you're, if you're tasked with fixing that team? Well, it's one of the most losing, depressing organizations in, in the NBA dating back to its creation. They've basically never been great. They've only been good a few times. But as much as this is a cop-out, any of the 30 are good. If I'm, if I'm an executive and I'm scouting the, the market, so to speak, and sending out my job applications on NBA GM LinkedIn, I'm, uh, I'm going to go ahead and take the interview and accept the job from any of them. So this one, you have LaMelo, you have Brandon Miller, and you have ownership who theoretically, at least for the first few years, probably is going to want to make some, some splashes and spend. I say yes. Sign me up for rebuilding the the Charlotte Hornets, and they'll probably have a high pick this year too. So, absolutely. I, I think this comes down to ownership, and we don't know a ton about how this ownership ownership is really going to move, and what they're willing to spend, and how much of an upgrade they'll be over Michael Jordan as an owner. I think that's the question to me, Brendan. My question Certainly is: th- Is it possible to be a downgrade? No. I think the answer to that is no. Um, the the the. The the talent part of this, I think, is the is the long term battle here. Just if you look at like, I I think there are some questions about Lamelo. I think Brandon Miller is in some ways like the more like he's not as proven, obviously, but he's been on an absolute roll as of late, and that guy looks absolutely legit. And you have to feel really good about him going forward. They're also linked to like all of the names that when you hear GM or. President of basketball, or president of basketball operations openings. Now it's like the names you'd expect to hear. It's Trajan Langdon from New Orleans. It's Jeff Peterson from Brooklyn. It's Mike Gansey in Cleveland. It's Elton Brand, which is it's like people whose names we only know because we've seen similar Woj tweets in the past. Except for Elton yes. Brand, we don't know who those people are. So yeah, well, like I know I know Gansey like a little bit just because like of he was. It's funny because he was like very like linked to the John Bayline hiring, but the Cavs have like I think almost tried to like scrub that from the history of of their franchise that they ever hired John Bayline. Um, okay, so like, for those NBA fans who do not live yeah, in Cleveland, yeah, the, that yeah, but I I mean that's the point. It's the, just it's the usual yeah. suspects is is where I'm yeah. going with this. It's guys it's guys that are like viewed as like the next level, the next guy in these yeah. searches, and sometimes that means something, and sometimes it doesn't mean anything. Elton Brand. Like getting another chance to run a front office to me would be really interesting. That's not the purpose of this question, but just considering how the Philly thing went for him, and then they have to—he like still works there. there. I know. Yeah, I mean, he, like, yeah, I think he's pretty involved. I just think it's—it's a—he got—he just it's another guy. I mean, they, the, the the Jazz did the same thing. Do we think that yeah. their guy sucks now? I mean, you know, it happens. No, that's that's true. 
but I think the right answer is there's only 30 of these jobs. You can't really be picky. It's just there are, I think, some – there are so lots of questions about this job compared to maybe some of the other. Like, would you rather have this or the Wizards job? This? Because we know Wizards ownership. And they have no talent. They don't even have a LaMelo Ball or a yeah. Brandon Miller. Yeah. And now there's a whole story about how like the Kuzma thing almost they actually did almost trade Kuzma, but the deal fell apart today. A lot of stuff going on in in DC. All right, on today's show, we're gonna have our guy Zayon come through later and talk about what teams can actually make the NBA finals. We're gonna do a little draft, but we're gonna talk about Trey Young and trades up first. Welcome in. This is the Just Basketball Show, your twice weekly show about all things basketball. I'm sure by later this week, we might be talking about Caitlin Clark setting a scoring record on top of a bunch of other things. But I'm Chris Manning. That is Brendan Clean. If you haven't already, please follow, rate, review, five stars only under podcast app platform of choice. Hit subscribe on the Just Basketball Fans YouTube channel. And want to tell you about our friend at Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is a player prop DFS platform where you can pick more or less on your favorite players across multiple sports including the NBA and the NFL. Sign up today with our code Just Basketball and Thrive. We'll match your first deposit up to $250. Brendan, the trade deadline obviously has come and gone. The Hawks didn't make any moves. But there has been no player talked about in trade capacities more since the trade deadline than Trey Young. Yep. And Mark Stein in Edis Substack wrote a, a story about this the other day. This is the the line that caught my eye more than any other in this piece. Quote, I can tell you this much. They've certainly convinced various rival teams that a DeJounte Murray in a tray out course is going to be legitimately considered. The Hawks, to be clear, have not made a firm decision yet. This isn't the time to lock into such a lane with 29 games left in Atlanta season and a trip to the plane run at the very least more than within reach. How the rest of the season plays out is absolutely going to factor into those steps. So, Brendan. Yep. What do you make of this? What do you make of the idea that Trey Young is already perhaps being like soft launch as the next name brand player on the move? It only surprises me because of the context with Murray because you might have various levels of how much you like DeJounte Murray people have deba- debated whether he can return to his defensive form as a good point of attack guy and, and steal guy in the past or if he can't is the three-point shooting from this season real or not real is he a great passer or kind of just a mediocre or good passer there's all sorts of he's a he's a debated player he's not a franchise player So I know it's only written that way by Mark Stein just because we all thought Murray would get traded. So it's just sort of comparing them in that capacity. But from a Hawks standpoint, 
and this might be part of why they're floating it, but you have to be pretty damn positive that you are getting a foundational organization reset type of package for Trey Young. I think we can talk through the teams that Mark Stein listed out and discuss whether they would get that from these teams. But honestly, where I fall in between maybe those two sides of it would just be unless it was like an Anthony Davis level package, Chris, I would probably walk away forecasting out to a potential trade trade actually happening this off season. And I put myself in that mindset based on what we know now, I would probably feel like it happened because the Hawks were being cheap more than anything else. It's not fun to pay somebody $50 million when you're mediocre. That doesn't mean you shouldn't. Yeah, and look, Trey, for all of the warts, I like that. that is a very named star player. Like, he has been since college. Like, he's someone that people know. Now, has that changed over the last couple of years? We've talked about this a little bit. I think it has. It feels like it has in the, in the broader discourse, but he's still a really, really talented player who's really good. I th- I also just think that this is maybe a way for the Hawks if you think about it if they if if part of the if the if the Dejounte Murray trade conversation came out of a place of we have to pivot here in some way this is the cleanest way to do it and then for whatever reason the market didn't break that way for them vis-a-vis Lakers trades or whomever else this is a bigger bolder way to do so and. And it's a little more painful. It's a little more drastic. It's a, it's the very. I mean, this isn't a. This isn't grabbing. a pivot. This is a reset. Yeah, yeah. This is tearing it down. Like you, you yeah. don't have a team anymore if you trade Trey Young. You are. Yeah. You are the Hornets who we just started the show with. You are the Hornets with. Yeah, you're the Hornets with a really good coach who is probably gonna like. That's probably the interesting part of this to me is I. Based on everything we know about how Quinn Snyder, this this is really really should have led with him. Being honest, based on everything we know about how Quinn Snyder ended up in Atlanta, it wouldn't shock me if it, it would be surprising to me if he wasn't giving his opinion on on this and saying like I would I'm maybe not a trade guy. That's speculation to be clear, but like I don't know if you get here because it, it when you Brendan when you read the reporting, it doesn't read so much to me as they are. Like Trey is unhappy, it's more no. of like the Hawks maybe want to move on from Trey. It does it? It's not star player X is unhappy with X team. It is more the team maybe wants to move off of the star player, which is interesting as far as the structure of this goes. Yeah, and to me, Trey Young is not the main thing wrong with Atlanta. No, on the court. He's kind of doing his job. They're not a good team right now, but he is ninth. Uh, they are ninth in offense, and that is largely because of him. They also play a lot of one-way players around him, so of course that helps. But they are 27th in defense, and they don't really make sense in terms of how they're built. I think Clint Capella breaking down and and really just impact-wise falling off a cliff is to me, the biggest reason that their defense isn't even passable. 
but the DeAndre Hunter pick and development hasn't worked. There's all sorts of things you could point to. Trey Young, I still think if you did build correctly around him, could be a great player on a good on a really good team. It might be a very specific build of what the hell looks like, but there's a lot of players you could say that about, and those teams aren't packing it up and quitting. So I guess my other thing though to part to talk about Quinn Snyder is if you're asking me who I would rather pick uh to build around between even take the specifics of who it is out of it. Let's say a player as good as Trey or a coach as good as Quinn Snyder. I'm picking Trey 10 times out of 10. Yeah, yeah you should. So it kind of doesn't really matter to me with all due respect to Mr. Snyder and his lovely red glasses, what the hell he thinks. I don't care. I have a franchise cornerstone player and I'm not parting ways with that unless the return is amazing, which I think maybe brings us to the the teams here. San Antonio, the Lakers, and the, and the Magic seem to be the three that have come up in different places. I would think the Pelicans would be interested also, given that they were interested in Murray and we know they need a guard. So I'll throw them in there. That gives us four teams. I kind of just don't really think the Lakers have a competitive offer compared to some of these groups, but they're the Lakers and this type of stuff falls into their lap. So also, I would put them at the bottom. Who do you think also, is the biggest... Clutch. Just yeah, they're, exactly, and that's saying, part I'm of why saying, it falls yeah. into their lap, right? That yeah, that's just, that's just, just so one I the put same. it in in boldface type. Yeah, the the fit I like the most for him would be Orlando. That's okay. I don't. I think that's the best one for Trey the player. Mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's Orlando or San Antonio that is the best one for Trey the player because he would get defensive infrastructure provided to him, even if these teams give up a lot to get him. Like, look mm-hmm. at what he would be around in, in Orlando. Look at what he would be around with Victor Wembanyama on his own in San Antonio. Those are that that is more than adequate. And those are both teams just dying out for ball handlers and passers at the level of Trey that can then cover up for a lot of his other flaws. Those are the two that I'm most interested in. You could convince me of New Orleans as well. The Lakers would be like a star talent play, and but him and LeBron to me would be such a weird. Like, I can't exactly, like, see them playing together. Like, it's just something weird about, like, that combo to me, even if there's some passing synchronicity there and and whatnot. But that would feel like a star play more than anything else. I think the best place for Trey would be San Antonio or or Orlando as far as, like, how does he fit and how does he get how does he get a situation that isn't a different spin on the Atlanta coat of paint? How does he get a chance to evolve into the next phase of his career? I think those markets, those teams with those players would offer him the best case to do it. The Spurs offer would be pretty great if it were to happen this, you know, before the draft or on draft night because they could offer this year's pick, which we don't know what it'll be yet, but but very, very high, along with any number of their young players, which you might vary on how good you think they are. But yeah, obviously, if you're going to say one of the most defensively limited players in the NBA, who do you want to put them with? the best defensive player in the NBA whenever he gets into his prime, that's probably the guy you would pick. And even players like Vassell and Sohan, although Vassell, you know, maybe more theoretical as a defender right now, um, Sohan's been very good on that end. You're starting to build the type of roster that I think makes a lot more sense for him. And 
They clearly need a point guard. This would be a huge way of solving that. I am of the opinion that they should be acting with more urgency because I think Vic will be, you want to be ahead of him being ready to win, not behind it. You don't want to have a full season go by where you say, damn, he was, he was elite. You know, Luca made an all-star team in year two. I believe he made first team all NBA in year two, right? This stuff can be very quick and you got to be ready for it. So I would like to see that type of move for them. Um, but I think the clutch part of it to maybe tie a bow on any of this is he, it, it might not be his decision yet, but I think we can both agree that if it gets to the point where there are actual discussions, it will very quickly become more controlled by him and, and that agency because that tends to be how these things work. And so maybe that makes the Lakers more more likely. Maybe we find out he says F that to going to live in San Antonio for the next few years. You know, well, we, we never really know. But I mean, it's funny. The San Antonio part is just funny in that case because there's a line in this in the Stein report that is reads, quote, it is likewise believed in some corners of the league that Young would have interest in South Texas as a destination if he were forced to leave Atlanta. And that keeps coming up like that. This isn't the first time that connection has been made. And that really surprises me. I wouldn't want to live there. I know a lot of beat writers say that's the worst city in the league to travel to. And that's not even like shade on San Antonio. It's just like you could pick a lot of other places that are probably more appealing, but maybe it's just Victor. Yeah. Um, Hmm. This is going to be fun, Brennan. NBA, the NBA never does not provide something like this, and like with this and then Paul George's extension stuff, I'm just like I, I'm I'm ready for some weird. And Cat, who we we will talk about with Zayon momentarily. Yeah, yeah that's just a ticking like time bomb. We already I'm have a ready. bunch of them in the 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 yeah. fries are in the cooker the timer's on we just gotta wait for the beep to come and then there will be more no, stuff more fireworks no, where the, the nba is perpetually that meme of that guy who like has the, the heat on really high in his stove and he throws something in the pot and he waits for it to explode that's the nba at all times you know what i'm talking about yes yeah. and you're right uh it is uh also just when it, this was also thrown in the stein thing and i'm we just want to put this there kind of like we're putting this tray thing out there and then we'll have to come back to it at some point he wrote this, quote, I know of at least two teams on the NBA map that believe LeBron James would consider signing with them at far less than $51.4 million if Bronny James is on the roster. There might be more, end quote. We'll see if that's true. Yeah. That LeBron's talking about that has changed over time. If I had to guess, Brendan, right now, the two teams that think that, can I give you my guesses? Okay. Cleveland and Golden State. If it's not the Lakers, it's those two. Yeah, it can't be any teams over the second apron because then you're talking about him taking a minimum and, and he's not going to do that. So that's the other factor. Like we talked about this a couple of weeks ago and we threw out the Suns and whatever else. The Suns can't do that. So you really are, the number has to be very, very small. And so two sounds like the right number. And those two teams, I would I would certainly believe it. I, I, I'm on record saying I hope Ronnie doesn't have to deal with that, but maybe there's no way of avoiding the media circus and, and all the attention that will be his first couple of years in the NBA, no matter if he plays with his dad or what city it's in. But uh, yes, more so than Trey or Cat or PG, perhaps the greatest player of all time switching teams is going to be uh, headline number one this NBA offseason for sure. 
Before we get to our guy, Zan, I want to tell you about our friends at Homage. Homage is the ultra-comfortable specialty apparel company designed with NBA and WMA licenses. They have vintage-inspired designs that pay homage to the greatest stories, traditions, and figures across sports, music, and pop culture. Use our link below, make your purchase, and support the Just Basketball Show. I am eagerly awaiting them restocking the Homage starter collaboration jackets for baseball season. Let me just buy a Guardians jacket, Homage. I'm, I'm ready to throw my credit card information and and buy something. Let's go. I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready. I'm the guard. Are the Guardians going to be good? I don't know. But am I and am I going to probably not going to spend enough money to make me happy? But am I going to be excited about going to Guardians games and walking over to the stadium in my sick ass jacket? You're darn right I am. And I'm going to bully Brennan to buying one as well at some point. But all right, here's our guys and let's draft some NBA title contenders. All right, let's now go to who can actually win the NBA title. We're going to do a draft of teams, randomized list order. We have our guy Zayon here, who does amazing work on our TikTok page and on his own TikTok page as well, to help us draft. And we're going to do a little randomizer, snake order draft. We're going to do three teams a piece here. Are we ready, guys? Are we ready for the randomizer? Three a piece, ask. okay. I actually don't think I real. I didn't have my my depth chart listed. I I don't. I didn't know three makes perfect sense. But now I'm like, yeah, okay. I put this in. You we know, don't we have our full fives. Down. We're not doing lineups here. <laughs> you know, we could. Uh, I just. I when I was thinking about this, Brendan, and I was running the back. What we something we did last year. Yeah. Five felt like a lot. Like one of us. Would yeah, be there's like, not 15 contenders. So no, 50. Yeah, nine's the right number. Nine, nine's the right number, and like nine is probably a little dicey. Zan, no. let me ask you this: Do you, Is there a certain pick you want? Like, I'm not—I can't guarantee that. Obviously, I'm not going to rig the randomizer here uh, in your uh, favor. But is there like a pick you feel like would be most advantageous to you? I feel like going second helps out. That's, that's right. <laughs> All right. Let's we go. do in a right, snake we're draft. Gonna, <laughs> we're hitting randomize. Oh crap! Here's the order. I am first. Brendan is second. Of course you are. And Zayon is, is coming around the hot corner. At number three. <laughs> so how does this work? We pick three teams each we're that we think can win it all. Team. Yeah, we're gonna all team win it all. But so one, one each team. pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One at a time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So got you, got go you, got through. you. So I am not. I have the first pick and the sixth pick, which is great. That said, to kick us off, I'm taking the Denver Nuggets. I'm just gonna take the defending NBA champions. They have Nikola Jokic. You ever heard of him? Could win the MVP again this year. That team is proven. Certainly some things to figure out and parts of that rotation I, I don't totally love. But the guys that are going to play for them at crunch time have been there, done that. Jokic is only going to get better when the playoffs come. We, we've seen him do it before. Murray is a playoff 16-game player. I don't. This team absolutely just can't do it. There's the least questions to me about... You know, their biggest obstacle, frankly, might just be do they end up as like the four seed in a very competitive top of the Western Conference and have a slightly harder than optimal route to the play, to the finals. But I'm just going to pick the defending champs because they have, in my mind, the best player alive. And I don't have a ton of concerns about them as of right now, even though they just lost to Milwaukee. So, yeah, a weird game. Um, both Murray and KCP go out. Uh, that that was yeah. a tough one. I was hoping we could talk about that game today, and then it's like, all right, so sports happened and uh, bodies happened, and and I feel like you kind of have to throw that one out. But you said that their biggest obstacle, Chris, is seating. I, said maybe, I maybe their biggest obstacle. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I mean, okay. So then anything else you care to share about what another obstacle could be? Or are you just going to throw a maybe at me? So that as your def- like your uh, shield of defense here. I mean, look, they're not, their roster, it, their, their roster, once you get a little bit deeper, I think you're going to, it's, it's a little bit of projection. Peyton Watson is like a projecting that guy is a legit playoff guy. Um, you know, are they going to get exactly what they got last year from Michael Porter Jr. in the playoffs? Like, there, there are guys on that team I absolutely trust, and and Murray and Jokic and KCP, who's just like an ultimate title team glue guy, Gordon. But then you get past that, you certainly get a little bit dicey. You're certainly projecting out some things with different guys and hoping for best case scenarios. To me, it's that and and potentially like. Hey, do you end up getting Phoenix in round one? Even if you win that series, is you just bludgeon yourself up against another really good team in an effort yeah. to, to repeat? Like, I, I think those are the two things I would look at. So a question I want to throw, and I'll, I'll pass it to you first, Sam, because it Chris and I battle about uh, how much injuries should matter when we talk about these things. But with Denver, I think it's relevant. They were crazy healthy last year. Like... I don't even know if anybody in their rotation missed a single playoff game. I don't believe they did. If I were to say, let's take Jokic doesn't get hurt. So let's that's not going to happen. And let's take Murray out mm-hmm. too because that, that starts to get dicey. But if I say like Michael Porter Jr. or Contavious Caldwell-Pope misses like three games in the middle of the second round, do we feel dramatically different about Denver? Because... Their rotation is young, like Chris said. What do you think, Sayon? Is that is that doom for them, or can they bounce back from it? I mean, so the way I see Denver, um, it's like, like you remember, like the years before the title, it was always when they get fully healthy, then they'll be a like real contender, right? And so yeah. for me, I still feel like maybe KCP or Gordon might be a little too vital. Um, that like. Like think about all the stuff Gordon does for them. He dribble, he handles it pretty decently when he's in the dunker spot. Uh, when the ball's just whipping around, and Joker just Joker just finds it in the dunker spot. Like he does a lot for them. KCP is like like Chris said, the ultimate title kind of three and D kind of guy. I wouldn't say it would be a death sentence if one of them were to be out. Uh, but I, I like like I don't know if Chris mentioned, but I do have concerns about their depth. Anyways, uh, coming into the season after they lost uh, Jeff Green, Bruce Brown, I was a little concerned. And even now, like I'll look at them and like, yet yesterday they were running. Uh, what's it, after the injuries, obviously, but they had like that uh, Gillespie. He had a few travels. Yeah. Uh, they, there was uh, they run Payne Watson, Strother. It's like Chris said. You're projecting. You're hoping that you know they yeah. they come to like they're, they're, they're at the level you think they are. But I would be kind of concerned if one of their starters of that front six, that first six, uh, if they got hurt. Definitely. Pretty pretty iconic of you to put Jeff Green ahead of Bruce Brown on like important role player guys. <laughs> Just want to say Jeff ahead of, ahead of Bruce Brown. Yeah. That's the one difference to me though that I think is the only reason I'd be nervous is those two guys, no matter what order you put them in, they were both vets. And so it was like yeah, Christian 100%. Brown was the the big if, and him coming around did help. And I think that has to give you faith that by May or whatever it's going to be that, that I mean, honestly, though, that's probably too, too giving. The first round is going to be hard for them to Chris's point. So maybe, you know, we're, we have two months for these guys to get ready. And that would be the optimistic case is like, well, they already did it. They already got Christian Brown ready for the playoffs and he made an impact. 
they can do that with Peyton Watson, given he's not a rookie. And, you know, at that point you have Jackson, Watson, and Brown, and that's that's your your three guys off the bench, and, and there you go. There's your rotation. Um, but, yeah, if you have to get one more guy deep into that and everything, mm-hmm. I do think you start to you start to get concerned. I think all the guys they brought off the bench last year could shoot it, whereas can Watson shoot it? How, how streaky is Reggie Jackson going to be? Those questions definitely are on my mind. But, yeah, I think they have to be the first overall pick. I'm number two, correct, Chris? You are. All right. So the obvious question is, what conference are we hitting? Are we doing a second Western Conference team, or are we are we going to the East? And uh, like Mon- you know, Monty I've only Morris ever has really sold me on the Wolves. That's where you're going here. I mean, that would be another Western Conference team. No, I'm I'm not going there, but I am going to stay true to my roots in the west of the Mississippi, and I'm going to pick the Los Angeles Clippers. I think that they are... I understand the idea if we're going to compare these teams at the end of the season and bring Zayon back on and say who won this thing, that it would be sort of silly to pick another Western Conference team when I could get a a finals opponent for the Nuggets. But I just think the Clippers are the second best team in the NBA right now. I think we're also talking after a night where they lost an uncharacteristic one and made some boneheaded turnovers and Russ was a little too involved missing layups over Rudy Gobert and just ball movement and everything was was off I still just I believe in it if if they if if Lou can get them into the right habits and Harden can continue to play the way he's been playing and and that pace and movement stuff can at least not creep up too badly. I, I think every other part of this team is is real. I think you would have thought they needed another wing. I think Amir Coffey's playing fine. Russell Westbrook is finally playing like a, a center, which is what he should have been doing five years ago. And the starting lineup for this group is about as good as it can possibly get when you just look at a rim protector, a rebounder, size, length, shooting, ball movement, a real point guard now. I don't know what else you really would be looking for to say this group can win four consecutive playoff series, if healthy, of course, but um, right now they are. So we're doing this draft on February 13th. I'm using the injury reports active as of February 13th, and so I'm going with the Los Angeles Clippers. Am I uh, am I crazy to, to, to go there over the Celtics, Chris? I'm assuming they're going to be the next pick. Yeah, I, I don't want to speak for... Zayon, who is also a Celtics fan, but I mean, neither of us picked the team with the best title odds from our friends at BetMGM. The Celtics are plus 275. The Nuggets are plus 425. Somehow the, the Bucks are, what still are the Clippers? plus 475. The Clippers are plus 600. They are fourth. Yeah, those are great odds. I I really like this pick for the Clippers. I mean, I I think Kawhi should like be getting some MVP consideration yeah, with how good he's been and the level he's been mm-hmm. playing at. Like, I think he's been that good. So I'm there with this team fully. Certainly, like, I, I know we do go back and forth on the health stuff, and I'm often the one who's like, we have to worry about health. This is, like, obviously the one where it's like Kawhi Leonard's yeah. need disintegrates in a playoff series again. It's like, all right, you can we can all go home. Like, this was fun, but it happened again. Things went wrong for you guys. That's kind of the the scary part of this team, but there's nothing in terms of how they play, what they play, how they play, the level their guys are playing at 
that I think takes them out of the conversation to be a legitimate title contender. I, I think this is you, – you could have – done these three teams I think that are going to go one two three here in any order and I think you could have defended your pick realistically what's the biggest case against the Clippers Aon if you had to pick one I mean a, obviously health. obviously health yeah. and yeah, then yeah. B it's it's the I like James Harden being the system I do think it is something to be uh, wary of like I mean like even last season with Philly he had a fairly solid regular season and then he had a really inconsistent playoffs, like that series against Celtics. He had two 40-point games and two, like, sub-10 or sub-12-point games. So I And, like, obviously he came to L.A. and now he's running the show. He is the point guard. But that, as good as it is for the regular season, I, I always have just a little bit of a hesitancy when it comes to playoff basketball, especially, you know, he is a little bit step slower. Like, it's doing fine in the regular season. He's putting up great numbers, honestly, like 17, 6, and 8, something like that. Really efficient. Um, but, like, I, that is my concern. It's health, and then can James Harden, because he, historically he's not a riser in the playoffs. He's either a same level in the regular season or he goes down, which is what you don't want. So if he can stay at the same level, I'm fine. I'm cool. But if he goes lower, then it's like Kawhi's got to – and Kawhi will bump up. Paul George will probably be around saying, but, like, though it puts even more on them. And we've seen, like, both of them, their numbers aren't eye-popping. They both put up around 24 a game. Um, that's kind of how they've how they've built their system out. But, yeah, James Harden has to be number one after health for me. So one stat before we go to the third pick while we're comparing these West teams. Hmm. Starting lineup, best lineup for the Nuggets, 127.7 offensive rating, 114.3 defensive rating. So that's a plus 13.4 net rating. Starting lineup, best lineup for the Clippers, 123.9 offensive rating. So a pretty significant step down but a much, much better defensive rating, 109.4. And those those groups have both played a ton together. So they have basically an equivalent net rating. The Clippers is a little bit better, but it's about how they're doing it. And that clash of styles is going to be super fascinating. These teams have a history, and the Nuggets have kind of owned them lately, but I think Zubats is better. They now have Plumlee and Tyson there too. Um, so, man, I, I kind of hope we, we get this series. At some point, it might not be in the conference finals, but I, I really hope we get it because this is two teams that have been building toward this moment that might kind of like peak together and finally get that that playoff clash. But what do you got for the third pick, Zayon? Yeah, like you guys are saying, it's for me, it's got to be the Celtics. Uh, look, like, there's nothing to me that has screamed red flag about the Celtics this year, which is like, like, it's anything, like, they, they look fine. They look good. They look the best team in the league record wise or net rating. They're probably up there. Yep, 9.5, best net rating in the league. Like, they're up there in all the good metrics and all that stuff. But it, the only reason to really be concerned is like, Porzingis's health uh like he's been fairly healthy he's a little bit in and out this season but not too bad but you just see the difference in play style when Chris Stapps is in versus when he's not like when he's in there when he's playing they can play a little more inside out they have that post presence that they do not have if he's not there and they have a rim protector but the moment he's out it becomes a whole different game and becomes a little bit more of that just only drive and kick only only shooting threes uh and 
I should say only shooting okay looks from threes. It's that's one of my biggest problems with the Celtics. They they kind of they shoot that first shot, the first half decent look they get, they put it up, and then if it goes in, it goes in. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And then they just kind of keep running that over and over. But Porzingis' health is number one for for me. Uh, but I can't pick any other East team at the moment, honestly. Like the Bucks, I'm really high on the Bucks. I feel, but like. Well, let, let's you, let's 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 save the Bucks because they're going to come. I think someone. I'm, I'm sure they'll be in the next yeah, few yeah, picks. Yeah. yeah, but I'm just saying, like, like you look at the other East teams, like you look at the Bucks, Philly, obviously with Embiid. Who knows what's happening there? Uh, the Knicks. Like, I can't put any of the other East teams right now in good conscience over the Celtics. Like, yeah. it just it doesn't do it. So it has to be Boston. It has to be able to pick. The la- before we go to your next pick, Zan, I just want to say yeah. one thing I will say about the Celtics that I, I, I think you hit on pretty well there is there's the way they play, and this is not new for them. This is mm-hmm. a pretty standard thing for them is if they just run cold in the playoffs for a series and face an opponent that isn't running cold, they can kind of just get screwed and lose. Yep. And there, there is a risk for them with that. That is why I think they feel not overwhelming to me in the East, and it's just the track record, but, like, it's also possible, like, this is the year that they don't have these issues. Porzingis solves some of that, and they're, like, really top-solid 8-9-man rotation, and they're fine, and that doesn't matter. But that's, that's like, the risk for them in up until, like, they play a team, the best team from the West to me is, is do they just have an off-round in the Knicks, the Cavs, the, the Bucks, whomever... Just, yeah, like some yeah, team that can really muck series. it up. Like, say they play the Knicks or something like that. Uh, a team that can slow it down, maybe make them play their style of play. Like, it can mess them up. Like, and like, like you said, like there's nothing on paper wrong with the Celtics. You look at them and like, oh, their offense is great. Top five offense, top five defense, MVP level player in Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, obviously great number two. Like, there's nothing wrong with them. It's just you look at the and you like you know what they've done before. You know the style of play is streaky. It's not consistent. So it's like as a Celtics fan, like you're just like hopefully that doesn't happen, and hopefully Porzingis stays healthy instead. That's which is a great place to be hoping, but right. you know. All right. <laughs> All right. Here, here's one other thing I would say though is I, I think their defensive ceiling is higher than it's been. I think this is the yes. best defensive team that they've had yeah. in this era. Even if like their defensive rating is a little higher, that's always going to be dependent on what the other teams in the league are doing more mm-hmm. so than yourself. They're allowing a, a lower field goal percentage than last year. They're fouling less than last year, getting rid of guys like Grant who can be a little foul prone and um, having a, a more consistent rim protector like Porzingis. He can foul too, but that is all helped and I could definitely see a series where some other offense like maybe the best version of the Knicks, the best version of the Bucks, we look at and we think, well, they're not really stoppable and the Celtics do actually put a dent in them in a way that makes up for the Celtics' own inconsistency. I mean, that's the recipe for them and I think getting better on that end has gotten overlooked a little bit because we like to just sort of focus on, are they going to go dunk on everybody? No, okay, they still suck. Like, it's not like that. They improved dramatically on defense and I think that will go a long way but obviously still a, a flawed group but uh that is Zayon again or yeah. Yeah. back to you yeah, Chris how, how are we doing that okay no, we're, we're gonna that that's a snake that's how a snake draft works works Brendan is Zayon picks twice thank you yes mm-hmm. couldn't re- I couldn't remember <laughs> if we had done the fourth pick and that was the bucks or if we were moving on but well I'll let uh, you go I'll let you go all right uh fourth pick 
Clippers are out, Nuggets are out, Celtics are. Out. I'll go with the. I'll, I'll I'll go with the Bucks actually. I'll go Bucks. All right, plus four plus four seventy five. The Milwaukee Bucks, the third yeah. best odds at BetMGM. So the reason you're much higher on them than we are, I think. Yeah, I, 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 I think I am. I actually I'm very aware that I am higher <laughs> on the Bucks than I think most people. And there's a few reasons. One is that I just I know like obviously Doc Rivers, all this stuff about him, but like I feel like I look at the Knicks, I look at the the Sixers, I I look at the Heat. Who else is in the East? Um, the Pacers. I can't imagine that there's a series where the Bucks play both any of these teams and Dame is anything worse than like the third best player, right? Like I like in any situation in a playoff series, I can't imagine Dame would be much worse than any two guys on any other team, you know? Like I know he has his own playoff inconsistencies and people like to say that his clutchness in the playoffs is overblown, which it might be, it might not be. But the point is I can't imagine he'll be much worse. And I think that his consistency problems in the regular season, it it's a come from being in a new system, being in a new environment. And now again, we have a new system, a new coach and all that stuff. So I'm, I'm assuming and I'm thinking that by the time we get to the playoffs, their, their cohesiveness offensively, the honest Dame pick and roll, just in general, the defensive flaws that they have, it, it's fixed a little bit better to the point where Dame can be more consistent. Because that's, I think, one of their big problems is that Dame, like his counting stats look fine. They look like his career numbers, but it's because he'll have 40 and then he'll shoot 3 of 15 and have 12. And so it's like a really inconsistent thing with Dame this season. So I'm banking on the fact that I'm banking on the idea that he will be consistent by the time playoffs come and then their defense will become decent to average by the time, uh, you know, it matters. I, I am just skeptical of the defense because I, I kind of just assumed Doc would come back and just simplify everything even more than Adrian Griffin had already done a little bit. And mm-hmm. yet I feel like when I watch them, I don't feel like they have fully simplified the defensive structure around Brook Lopez as of yet. And that to me is just like, I, I don't understand what is going on here. I don't understand like the thought process. Like the, the recipe for the Bucks to me from the get-go was, okay, you got Dame. He's not a good defender. We know this. You have Brooke, who can you play a very specific style of defense that has been very effective, and you won a title with it. Just do that and don't overthink this. And like maybe there's some like deep, really in the weeds adjustments you can make. Sure, I'm sure there are, and I'm sure there there are within drop you could get into. But I think the formula here was pretty clear, and they've just felt like they've ignored the formula the whole year to the point where I don't. I'm gonna need to see it to believe it. I think with this Bucks group, like it's gonna just be like. Like, they get to the Eastern Conference Finals and they, like, Giannis just goes on a heater and, and Dame just, like, torches Derek White and they get to the Finals and it's just like, all right, talent went out. That That's the lesson from this. That's where I feel like that. that's where I am with that team. So, I think, I think the structure is obvious if you have Brooke, but I think we're, I think we underestimate how significantly like literally every other component of of the team is worse like obviously I, if you take away the bucks part of this any other team we would have been talking about as what makes a good drop defense we would have been pretty focused on having a good point of attack to defend pack point of attack defender that that's always a two person um, 
dance. I, excuse me, M- Malik. You're you're saying Malik Beasley's not up to defending the point of attack and supplementing Dame? Is that what? And Dame's also not good. Is that what you're telling me? That's what I'm telling you. And so it's like okay. to have that problem is pretty significant. I also think, and much more plugged in Bucks people tweet videos uh, alluding to this all the time over there that Giannis's help defense is nowhere near where it was when he won defensive player of the year or even as recently as like three seasons ago and so that's pretty huge to not have that second level level of rim protection to help Brooke and make up for Brooke and so it feels personnel-wise, pretty hopeless to me. And when you look at some of their defensive lineups, when Crowder has been out there in place of Middleton, that unit has defended pretty well. But it still has Lillard and Beasley. I don't think you're going to trust that in the playoffs. There's a a Connaughton in place of Middleton lineup that statistically looks decent. I don't think you're going to trust that. So I haven't seen the five-man group that's played a ton together that I really trust. But on the other hand, Zayon mentioned Lillard's clutch play. They're defensive rating in clutch situations this season is much better than their overall defensive rating. And you even look at fourth quarters and it's been able to lock down kind of when it needs to. Their their defensive rating in those situations is 118.9. I believe that might be pretty similar to their overall. But... They're winning these games late and and giving you some hope that that can be their recipe. But man, I would hate to be a Bucks fan on the absolute edge of my seat every single night in this postseason if that's going to be what it is. Like we're going to win one thirty seven to one thirty six sixteen times, and then we're going to win a title. Like that's that's pretty insane. Um, You're there's a lot of reliance on timely stops with yes. the Bucks. Yeah. Like yeah. it's like okay, maybe they'll let you get a ten point lead, but in the fourth, we're gonna, you know, hunker down because there's a lot of reliance on that with Milwaukee. That's the thing, and you, I, my logic is they'll just eventually become cohesive enough on both sides where it's passable defensively. The the, yeah. the race for the and then we'll get to Brennan's pick, which I tried to segue to incorrectly, but. Number two, the race for the number two and three seeds in the East is, aside from the West number one seed, the most important race. And you could argue that it is in some ways the most important race because whoever is two and three is on the opposite side of the Boston bracket. Mm-hmm. Yeah, The Bucks have to go all out to not be on the Boston side of the bracket, I think. I Like, all the teams really do, but I think, like, if any of the teams can talk themselves into giving the Celtics, like, a run for their money, it's probably the Knicks, who are the four seed as we're recording this, but... Yeah, I actually see I actually see Boston as not that terrifying of a matchup for the Bucks because I don't think Boston I, I here's the thing, it's like it's almost like the Bucks right now are allowing the types of shots the Celtics refuse to take. So it's like what is that do, you know what I mean? Like where does that lead you? I don't I think they've only played once or twice, right? So they have at least one more. Um coming up and I'm interested to see if they can both be fairly healthy with the additions and obviously Middleton being closer to full strength and everything else what that might look like although I think Middleton's out again now so yeah I I don't know Um, I I don't I think like the Knicks might punish the Bucks defense more for instance right or like we've seen Miami do it and and things like that so uh, we'll see but all right my pick is up 
I this can I just I want to I want to set this up, Brendan, because I this has built you a place where you having to pick between two things that I know you love. The Knicks and the Suns. Well, no, there's a third one in there. The Sixers. No. I'm Who do I love? Teams. Just I'll I'll get. It. I'm not oh, I'm not picking nothing. the Oklahoma City Thunder. That that's oh, not I'm, happening. No. I'm doing it. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm absolutely fucking doing it. Are you kidding me? Well, I, you can pick them, but I'm just saying I'm not picking them at this particular point. Is is all, all right. that? If I, you so know, if we swing back around to me four picks from now and I'm, I'm back up, I, I very well may pick OKC, but no, right. not not here. I do it. Do it now. I hate my own team too often. I'm going to pick them. Suns. I'm going to go with the Suns. I'm going to go with the Suns. Um, because of Thaddeus Young, the signing. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I uh, no, I just I think this team sees itself as as a playoff as a 16 game team, right? If we think about 16 game players, I think the Suns are, are looking at themselves as a 16 game team. I think the moves that they've made between Royce O'Neal and Thaddeus Young together, not that either one of those guys is somebody you count on to be the difference maker, but what I would say is that they've set the team up to amplify the big three more, in particular Durant, and obviously the ball handlers within those small ball lineups. They just have more ways to get to Durant at center, Durant at as a front court player than they did on opening night when Bull Bull was hurt, Drew Eubanks was playing like crap, O'Neal and Young weren't on the team, and they kind of just had to play big and ram their heads into the wall and hope stuff worked. Now they have an identity. Now they can play spaced out. The defense is not going to be elite it just isn't but it wasn't last year and they took two games off of off of denver anyway so i'm gonna go ahead and and trust that that trend can continue and the star power can can get the job done but i definitely wouldn't have picked them any sooner than this but it feels like this is this is kind of where they have to settle in what do you think chris I this is where I would have gone as well. I was gonna pull the trigger on picking them immediately if you didn't, and it's everything you said. I I also Brendan just I I get sucked in by Kevin Durant and what he can do for your team in a, in a tight game setting so easily. That guy in a playoff series is just gonna be unguardable for just about everyone in the West. I think. I mean, you 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 made the joke about Thad Young, but that's like a, at least a useful piece that they've now added into their team when they were really struggling with some of those end of the roster minimum guys, many of whom are now gone and not on the team anymore. Yeah. Um, Frank Vogel's a good coach, even if this is maybe not the perfect Vogley roster. Vogel's a good coach. Devin Booker's still really good. Like this team does, even with some holes, I think make some sense. And if you, if you're telling me that they rode Durant and Booker to the through 16 games and that combo was enough to lean on to get you to the finals i wouldn't think that's crazy at all the other thing i think is outside of denver well the problem is denver and the clippers they don't match up very well with that's like a pretty tough spot to be in but if you gave me anyone else in the west including the thunder and the wolves i think the sun's could and probably would beat them because I just think you have to be able to keep up with them offensively and at least provide some resistance. And I don't think the Wolves or the Thunder have the, the right combination to do that. Um, so that that's in their favor. But obviously, they're going to run up against the Clippers and the Nuggets inevitably. So it's, it's a weird matchup thing for them right now, too. 
I would also say, too, with the Denver thing in particular, I, in a world where you're unsure about their rotation guys, we kind of focused on the offensive side of that for those guys. But are some of those guys going to hold up defensively in the way you would want come the playoffs? Like, that is a, a, a question, I think, as well. And someone like Bruce Brown, you kind of knew he's going to be competent, he's going to defend well, all that stuff. Like, are you sure Peyton Watson, if he has to defend Kevin Durant for stretches, like, is he... Is he up for that? I, like for him, I trust the defense more than the offense, personally, yeah, but, but I, I get your point. Still, Christian I Brown or MPJ, yeah. like you mentioned, those guys are not yeah. locks to play up to the level they did last year. Yeah, so just, I think, some questions there. Zan, do you have any Suns thoughts before we, we go to my next pick? I've probably watched the Suns more than any team this league this year, honestly. Uh, I like watching bucket getters, so I watch them a lot. But honestly, I don't I don't mind the Suns being your second. Like I think that makes some sense. Like, like look, it's 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 a team where it's like you said, they they played the Nuggets the best last season. Now obviously it's a very different team now, but they played them the best. It's a team of guys whose games That's aren't... a dangerous opinion to share, Zayon. Everybody thinks either the Wolves or the Lakers played them the best and can't shut uh, up about it, even yeah. though those teams didn't win as many games <laughs> like, against the damn so team. Illogical. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> the Lakers were swept. It's so illogical. I don't know how people think that, but the Wolves take them to overtime once and beat them once, and it's like Minnesota is getting crowned over here yet the Suns score like 90 points with their two best guys and it's like ah that was easy (laughs) but uh doesn't make any sense but you got three guys whose games are very much built for the playoffs and Booker Beal Durant and then like you said I feel like like initially early days of the season I feel like they were using Nurkic too much in terms of those actions they like to get to where they hand off and they do some like you know cutting off and all stuff. but it's I feel like they've They've got into a nice balance now offensively, and they're only going to get better as, you know, they get more time together. And the other teams in the West, like it's shaking up to be similar to last year where the, t- the top of the West is a little younger. So the bottom half of the West got a good chance to pull some upsets off. And I would take the Suns in a series against OKC, in a series against Minnesota, if they somehow match with New Orleans, that probably won't happen. But if that somehow happens, I would take them against probably all those younger teams. So then you get left with the Clippers and the Nuggets, and you know, you you battle it out. But yeah, that's not a bad pick at all, in my opinion. All right, my pick. I got two here coming around. We're gonna do the homer pick first. I'm gonna take the Cleveland Cavaliers. This team is just really good. This team is just flat out really good. And I, Brendan's shaking his head. He, I should have taken the Knicks. That, that, that's why he's shaking his head. And he's nodding his head. Yeah. But look, I think that's fair. I just wanted to – Brendan got his team. I'm going to take mine. I think the way the Cavs are playing of late is just, frankly, been more impressive than the Knicks. I know the Knicks have some injury issues now, but the Cavs have just been more impressive of late than the Knicks. Mitchell is playing at an absurd level. Evan Mob- The Evan Mobley leap is happening. He's taking, like, two threes a game right now. Something here is working. They absolutely have a ton to prove in the playoffs. I'm not going to tell you they didn't. I would not like their odds to get – out of the East, ultimately, like, but I don't really like the Knicks odds either. I just kind of think Boston's going to run away with it, and the, and I think we're at a point in this draft where any team you pick is something of a long shot to get out of the conference. Like, I think we're kind of past the group of teams. I think feels much more solidly at the center of these discussions and grounded in reality. But I think this Cavs team is just really good. I think they're tough, a lot tougher than they were last year. They're more complete than they were last year. 
I just I think they're like vis-a-vis the Knicks. I understand the Knicks have better odds. I think there's just like it, the Knicks did spank them last year. I'm not going to deny that that's that didn't happen. I I saw it. There's something with this Cavs thing right now is just waiting to be unlocked in the playoffs, and I think there's a run possible for them if if. And they're going to be a high seed, and I think that's going. I think they're going to get the two seed, and that's good. That's a big boon for them as well in this in this exercise. Do you get right. Utah Jazz vibes, no. Mitchell Gobert no. Jazz vibes at all from these no. guys? I think no, because because that's what I get sometimes when I watch these guys. Just a little bit, not as much, but a little bit. I think that's fair because I think there is an accentuation of what makes Mitchell great. Mm-hmm. That kind of the Jazz did figure out and unlocked, and the Cavs I think did tweak the roster in ways to push on those buttons a little bit. But number one, I think Darius Garland, if especially yeah. if he can just get fully back into rhythm, gives a different kind of guard play offensively at least <clears throat> that Mitchell didn't have in Utah. And I think the Mobley Allen part of this as a defensive front court is another level above just like Gobert on his own, where like you're going to have more coverage. And I think the Jazz felt like they had one style of play to kind of lean on and when that faltered it was like oh we're fucked now guess we're guess we're going home and we're blowing this up the Cavs have I think shown over this run they're on an adaptability that I didn't really think they had if I'm being honest with you but JB Bickerstaff has done a really good job adapting I also just I I want Cavs Knicks round two like badly that's what I want (laughs) is the two three really I want if I could I just give me the blood back Usually people try to run away from like their abusers. It's it tends to be like you you want to leave those relationships and you're just literally asking for it. The Knicks are yeah, going to beat should. the Cavs. I'm I'm the I'm, I'm the I'm the I'm the I'm the just bleed guy. They I'm just the just bleed guy. Look, I think the Knicks are really good, and I think they would have been a very valid pick in this spot. I don't think the gap is as big. Basically, I just don't think the gap is as big as the market seems to think. It is the Knicks are plus 2,200, and the Cavs are plus 3,000. That's a bigger gap than I think it should be. Yeah, the Knicks being at plus 2,200, I think that's the... That's where the gap seems too big, but we just are, we're just on different ends of this. That's all right. You have another pick, though, I believe. Yeah. Um, interesting ways to go here. I... Th- I'm going to just take the team that would be the most fun finals answer out of all of this, and they're at plus 1,800, so they're the team with the shortest odds left on the board. That's the Oklahoma City Thunder. Shea's an MVP candidate. Like He's probably two or three on my hypothetical MVP ballot as of right now. That team has a distinct style of play that I think is going to be hard to guard in the playoffs, but they're really young. I think they're going to have some growing pains moments in this playoffs. It is just the history of the league tells us that a team this young, as talented as they are, is probably going to get punched in the face a couple times and struggle. But they're going to have a high seed. Shea is a superstar, and I don't I don't doubt his ability at all in the playoffs and, and him being great there. The Hayward addition is going to help them, I think, be competitive this year. It's not out of the question they just somehow pull this off. So, And, and if you're looking at who's left on the board between like the Thunder – the Wolves, the Knicks, the Sixers, the Mavs, I'll, I'll take the Thunder. They desperately need – I don't know if the, the, the metaphorical, like, if you think of the season as a car here, I don't know if Chet's season car has a reverse in it, 
but he needs to back away from the rookie wall that he is up against because that to me has become the biggest thing standing in their way. I appreciate you guys walking through that metaphor with me and, and getting here to yes. the end. You, you um, it. I did. And so put it in park. Look, it's not awful. And, and this month's been better so far in five games bad for him or, or a rookie wall for him is is really just hesitancy it, it, like his game is so predicated on like he actually can get 20 in the nba right now and they kind of need that it's not just a bonus for them their 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 roster in terms of scoring especially if as you as i do you might worry that like lou dort's threes maybe don't go in and there's been teams who have said, okay, like theoretically you're a 40% three-point shooter, but not really. In addition to Josh Gideon, things start to get clogged. So I trust J-Dub at this point. We obviously all trust Shea. I think their defensive structure is pretty hard to crack. And obviously they need Chet there too, but I don't really worry that he can be a rim protector. You worry about fouls, but you know that's the same with anybody. To me, it's, it's can his offense rise to the occasion and just be consistent just be 15 points take open threes when they're there keep the ball moving just don't don't play outside of of what's going on and and kind of slow things down or or make things uncomfortable for your teammates and it feels like he's been in that spot lately but maybe february is a good indication that that's uh that's not happening i i'm so rooting for zayon a a thunder clippers first round series with the history of the pg trade and everything else like that that feels like get your popcorn ready stuff already in round one the the thunder i like i more than even that i'm so down for them to just make like a crazy 2012 thunder run and like a young baby thunder team makes i'm so down for that i think that would that'd be good for like the league because like chris said like we know young teams don't do this like this is not a a thing that happens very often and that's why no one's really high on the wolves that's why the thunder were not your first pick because like they're so that's really the main reason why in fact and wake said about chat it's funny uh i made i made a video on my account a while back comparing chet and wemby and i said like chet does this one thing better because he his role is more defined and he has like he doesn't have to do everything the way Wemby kind of has to with San Antonio. But recently, like you said, that he's been a little shaky in that. Like he's been a little bit hesitant. He's not playing within that role as well. So if the, if he can get back to that level where it's like he knows, okay, he runs those trailer pop threes or the like cutting off the wings stuff that he does. Um, if he can get back to that, the Thunder, I think. I have a good chance. I, I like the Thunder more than Timberwolves. I like Thunder more than the Pelicans. I like the Thunder more than who else is there? Like the Mavs, I guess. But like in general, the Thunder are just too young for me to really be like they're going to make it. But I'm so down for that to happen. I'm really rooting for them, though. All right. My final pick. Brennan's. Yeah, we know who you're taking. We do. Yeah, the Charlotte yeah, Hornets. I just okay, so I, I'm assuming you're talking about my Minnesota Timberwolves, which are not really no, my team no, anymore. No, 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 okay. no. Okay. Oh, uh, well, you keep saying you no. know, and then there's like five teams that could, it could be. So I, I maybe no, uh, let's just to, just to, let me just like make sure I'm not overthinking this year who we've we've taken so far. Let's just run through this. Mm-hmm. Celtics are off the board. The Cavs are off the board. The Bucks are off the board. The Thunder mm-hmm. off the board. The Clippers are off the board, and the Nuggets are off the board. And then Suns. 
and you the Suns are off the board. Yeah. Yeah, and then the Suns are off the board. So that's seven. Brandon, yeah. There's a team that you are like kind of already like judged me for not taking that is staring you in the face. And I I just we know oh, where the this Knicks. Is going. Yeah, what do we like yeah. I honestly thought that they had gone because we talked about them. In my head, I was like, okay, the Knicks are done. Yeah, I'll pick the Knicks. I think that what I was going to say, though, when I thought you meant the Wolves, then they are the one seed. That That's like, in terms of total wins, they're second, the, and the, they should the, probably the, be on here. But I started looking at the probability reports for the playoffs from best reference, by the way. The Wolves, have a, they, they give them a 58.4% chance of having the one seed. Yeah. I mean, I think that they, I mean, they just beat... The Clippers, um, I think they've now beaten the Clippers twice, so they have that tiebreaker. Like, I think things are trending in the right direction for them, so yeah. Um, but I was the team I think we should at least acknowledge here, too, is the Sixers. Like, they think they're getting Embiid back, and if, if, he, if he is back, like, I mean... We were talking about them as a finals threat before, so they, you know, maybe, maybe they'll be the last pick, so I won't spend my time there, but I'll go with the Knicks. I think Jalen Brunson is better than Donovan Mitchell. I think that Jalen Brunson right now is better than Damian Lillard. He's obviously better than Tyrese Maxey. Let me see Tyrese Halliburton in the playoffs before we make a judgment there. Um, he's going to be the best player in any series outside of Milwaukee and it wouldn't floor me if we walked away from a Boston New York series feeling like he was the most consistent offensive killer of anybody on either team in that series and that goes a really long way and when you couple that with a, a roster that actually suits his style much better than even last year's did when he was an all-star or uh, when he was an all-NBA guy did he make either of those things I guess not when he broke out they have DiVincenzo just bombing threes like he's Pete Clay Thompson. They have multiple center options. They have another kind of attack a closeout threat or, or maybe two if you feel like Bogdanovich is that guy between him and Ananobi. We'll see if Randall can get healthy, but I have no reason to believe it's going to really, you know, cut down his ability to, to be impactful. And even last year, he was on a bum ankle and they still got to six games in the second round. So... Just what they did last year in the postseason, the way they've supplemented their roster and modernized their roster, Brunson's making threes better than he ever has, and um, they just were dominant the last time they had a shot at this and really exceeded expectations against Cleveland and Miami. Give me that team again, and, and probably outside of Boston, the only other team I would say has a real home court advantage in this in this bracket, so... I don't know. I feel like I thought we were all Knicks lovers here. Somehow they fell to eight, and I'm I'm snapping them up. <laughs> I just went I went homer, Brendan. That's I mean that's 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 why. And like I just wanted to pick the Thunder because there's something very fun about that Thunder team. And that Knicks team is like the Knicks team is going to be really good in the playoffs, but I they're going to be like they're going to be in the sludgiest playoff series possible. So now it passes to Zayon to either take the one seed in the Western Conference or Joel Embiid. That's uh, probably uh, where this or, is going to land. Or, or, or Luka Doncic, if you really want to get weird. Or the Lakers, if I wanted to go crazy. Okay, if you take the Lakers, Zayon, we're going to um, – I might have to, like, kick you. We're, we're, you're probably kicking me off the show at this point because, like, I love LeBron, but good luck that team is not making the NBA Finals. 
I was I saw that uh, Kevin Garnett's podcast the other day, and he was like, "Why do people talk about the Lakers like they're contenders?" And I was like, "Thank God people are trying to say this." <laughs> but, but if uh, Timberwolves. I mean, that was a just real quick though. Speaking of that, that was a great point by you on the Thunder. That one, we should all kind of be rooting for OKC or Minnesota to make a run because yeah. it would go a long way. If if those teams flounder in the first round, like if they both were to lose in the first round, or maybe have a, a bad second round series and just not really factor in that much, then it'd be really easy for everybody to ignore them next season. I don't think any of us want that because those two teams are fun and Ant and Shea are two real guys. So yeah. let's let's hope that they at least break out in some way to get people talking. Like Kind of like what Brunson did last year. If they can do that, yeah. I think that'd be... That'd and be like good. that kind of happened your... to the, the Kings last season. They had, what, they're the three seed. Exactly. They lose in the first and it's like, all right, they're not really much. The Grizzlies kind of had that treatment with obviously yeah. a little different this year. But all right, my pick I would probably I'm I'm not that high on the Sixers to be honest mainly because of Embiid's health um, if the if the if the season was 35 games the Sixers <laughs> would be a title favorite every single year because Embiid at that 35 game mark is playing like prime shack but uh, by the 82 game mark I'm not gonna take them I'd probably go to Minnesota if I'm like looking at my standings right now, and yeah, I'd go Minnesota. Minnesota would be my pick. Um, defensively, obviously, they're great, and I, he had a pretty good playoff series last year too against Denver. Like he had that big moment. What was the game three? The overtime win. Uh, like I mean, he, he's a playoff performer. I don't really doubt him. His games made it to the playoffs. Cat, I do doubt. I do definitely doubt Cat. That's for sure. Um, but I mean. It's kind of like it's weird to say about the team that's been number one seed for most of the season, but it's kind of like the worst. The best of the rest for me would be the Minnesota Timberwolves. Like I can't justify. I would love to say the Mavs. I watch the Mavs a lot. Like I said, I like bucket getters, so I, lo- I like watching Luca and Kyrie. I'd love to say them, but they rely on so many things to go right for them to win yeah. any game. They have to make fifteen threes and. Stop their other teams from scoring 120 just to win a game. So yeah, Minnesota's my pick. That's yeah. I I think it had to be. I am yeah. terrified for them in the playoffs. Like absolutely petrified of what that offense is gonna. Oh my god! Yeah. Do. <laughs> um, you know, there. I was looking at when I was looking at the the possible probabilities report and thinking about like how this could shake out. There's like a world where it's like the Mavs and the Wolves and Ron one or something, and it's like I I would be just like a little scared of like Luca. Like it's just like if those guys just in the playoff setting just like score enough and the Wolves offense just like collapses, and it's like okay, like what are we what are we doing here? Um, where's Carl? Where's Carl being traded in at on draft night? Like that? Like that's. There's just like a lot going on with this Wolves team and a lot of pressure on them. They don't have the most pressure, I think, of like I think the Clippers, I think ultimately do have the most pressure of those teams in the West we've talked about because like it's year five. It's or year whatever, five, four, four, it's five. Year five, and, and five. It, yeah. And it's like how how long like how many shots are you really gonna get that are this good? I mean, if you pay Harden, is are you sure you're getting good Harden again next year? Like Lord knows, I don't know. But the Wolves also are like staring down the barrel of something that is it is ominous. Yeah, but to your point, it's like Minnesota's title window is the next 10 years plus with Ant. 
the Clippers title window is however long those guys are on the same team and healthy and, and you just don't get that much. So yeah, I think the Clippers having the most pressure is probably a good call. Even the Suns, it's like Booker's young. All three of their big three are under contract, even though it feels like they went all in. They didn't just go all in for one year. They went all in for basically as long as Durant's contract is and as long as he can stay healthy. So yeah. Let's let's cross our fingers for the Clippers. I would like to see them. Yeah. Make a run. Just to see how it how it <coughs> fares. Like we haven't even gotten to test it in a conference finals, let alone a finals. I kind of just want to see it. Yeah. All right. Uh we can let me ask you guys both one last question before we wrap this show up here. Is there a, is is there a team that we didn't get to that you would have liked if that you would have gone to next let's see you at the next pick is there someone you would want to lump in here with these nine or is there or is it aside from the one that i know brent my pick that brennan would have went a different direction is there a pick is there like a, a pick you would have made is there a team that's on the list that we should have just like kicked out of the list in exchange for another team i don't think so i think we hit everything i mean yeah. the sixers well, we like, talked plenty about like that that would probably be the knocking on the door of the list team i think some people might say miami i really don't think that they have it this year and west goldberg if you're talking about the happen but yeah true but they had some some various explanations Mm -hmm. last year at times that like jimmy was playing great last year they were just losing like they don't they don't even have that to fall back on this year i would say and if you're talking about the dallas la golden state triumvirate i would pick the warriors without question based on how they've played lately but i i think you got to check back in with me in like two weeks before i'm willing to to draft them in the top nine contenders or anything like that so probably those two warriors sixers for me i'd probably go heat not out of any logic, honestly. The heat, it, it's pure, Fear. like, it's just Fear. like, dude, like the, every year, besides that 2021 year, every year they overperform. They're the fifth seed in 2020, first seed, obviously, in 2022, last eight seed, seven seed. When it, every year they overperform. And it's it's to the point where you almost expect it. So I, I would put them, and then the next, I would, I would go with, like, say, Dallas or something, just because they're fun but i don't really trust the warriors like you said brendan i i i don't know how sustainable this uh this little hot streak of theirs is uh maybe the lakers just because lebron but no not not really (laughs) not really (laughs) i'd say i'd say the i'd say the heat yeah i i kind of wanted to like say the warriors if i was gonna pick one but i don't even i'm not really sure i believe that i I do think we hit every team that has like a reasonable yeah. that wouldn't require something miraculous to pull this off. Um, Cause like even Philly, I would just say Embiid's health Embiid coming off of this injury and then staying healthy for an entire playoff run to make the finals would be miraculous to me. Agreed. Like it would, it would yeah. be a lot if he could, if he could pull that off. Um, That's true. Yeah. So we'll see. It's going to be fun stretch run. Check out Zayon. Zayon, tell everyone where they can, on the top of the Just Basketball TikTok page, just tell everyone about your, your TikTok page as well. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, so my uh, I've been, <clears throat> been on TikTok, what, three years now? At, it's just my name now, at Zayon.Huda. Uh, I uh, just made a video about Wemby, if y'all want to check that out. Uh, but, yeah, essentially I just talk about 
interesting things, things I find interesting. It's not always about the biggest players or the best teams, but you know, got to give some love to the, the the smaller markets, the smaller players. Uh, and I will say, I think, uh, I think what I've recently, I've been doing a lot of, um, I guess I could say non basketball content, but just like 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 my 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 focus, I try to make it really like just basketball, you know, like you yeah, like focused on that. But recently, I've been doing a little bit more of uh, like, oh, that was crazy, you know, type of stuff instead of really trying to break it down. And unfortunately, unfortunately, that performs a little better. But you know, they—they <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they captured you. They, they no, got no, no. One. Don't worry, not yet, not just yet. It just you know when you see some the views pile up on that one video, like oh man. <laughs> and but then you know, hopefully, you try to you hit some more pure basketball topics. People are already following you, so you know. But yeah, you know, I try to be a little bit more pure to basketball, and that's uh. Uh, I'll probably start posting on Instagram and YouTube soon too as well. So uh, I guess stay tuned for that. Um, but yeah. We'll have Zayan back on in the near future, I'm sure. This has been the Just Basketball Show for Wednesday, February 14th. Happy Valentine's Day to everyone out there. We'll be back later this week talking about two teams at the, and among other things that Brenda and I are very fond of in, in weird ways, the Kings and the Magic. Two teams that we didn't get to today, obviously, but... They'll come up here on our next show. Until then, I'm Chris. That's Brendan. That's been Zayan. Enjoy the hoops, everyone. Talk to you soon.